Mm-hmm. This is a reading from a guy named Fernando Morano. Mm-hmm. I went to him when I was really, really lost. Mm-hmm. Really lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, he posted this in 2021, and it stuck with me. And uh, these last couple of months, something kept saying, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. You're just earth. Hmm. And so I keep telling everybody about that dream that made me shake out of my mm-hmm. depression, made me shake mm-hmm. out of my fear of like, right. accepting somebody into my life, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And so this post is called The Restoration of a Great House. Hmm. He said, I woke from a dream spinning and wondering what it could what it could sig- signify. At first it seems obvious that the vision in my sleep represents very personal affections to my former home, a place of many beginnings, including that of my prophetic nature and life's work. Upon deeper examination, there seems to be much more which feels revelatory. The dream indicates a return to my roots in the land of my conception. I return upon a house, one I had owned, It had been a great house of beauty and historical tradition. The color of sage wrapped around its exterior. Branches with leaves and flowers adorned the windows, which allowed the sun to shine through. The surprise to all who were granted access, for they did not realize what light and radiance emanated within its four walls. Throughout this area, amongst the people, my great house had been marveled at. It caught the gaze of those who desired to duplicate its glory and profit. My sacred space stood before a market which served the needy and needless. Food and necessities of all kinds were offered. This was a market by an Arab man who always showed me kindness when making my change if they were not preoccupied preoccupied in their business dealings. Those who did not frequent the market or observe this inner workings carefully, as I had for many years, did not realize the illegal gambling establishments behind these walls. Disguised behind compartments of food and necessities which fooled even the enforcers of the law. Corruption despised by a facade of offerings and service to the population. I witnessed many times the corrupted enter and squander their earnings as they came and went the with, went in with the hope of God's favor. I saw this with my own eyes from the entrance of my great house, a great house with five strong pillars, which held its eye and entrance upon the eastern skies. Once a place where the destitute and hopeless resided, had been a refuge for healing and atonement. Surrounded by disparity and the faithless, it served as a beacon of hope in the area of the grand city where conflict and turmoil abound. Those who were prepared for the salvation I offered them through personal transformation, prophecy, and healing were welcome. I did my duty, honored the source in all beings through my toiling works and teaching which were devastated by abandonment, had been renewed through grace. Upon my departure, I had entrusted my great house, 
a labor of loving devotion for many years to one who I believe could carry on its sanctity with respect to its structural condition and what I had resolved in my works. Beginning with its foundation, you see, the house had existed long before I arrived. It had fallen into despair and been abandoned to the elements, a remnant of the past, before I was prepared for the entrustment of its care. The great house had been restored through hardship and the sweat and passions of a great visionary, a builder, and skilled craftsman, craftsman of all sorts. In my youth, I had suffered in poverty. I never conceived fortune would smile on my path and grant me such beauty. At the time of my rightful claim for my spectacular dwelling, I had ascended into full awareness of what I possessed and the power of manifesting great many things. Now in despair, many years after, my great house stands in disgrace by a misunderstanding of its significance by its present caretakers. The branches which adorn its windows have been removed. The color of the sages have faded from its walls without renewal. Its historical significance has been ignored. It now served as a temple of works for the artistry of a new visionary who did not understand the splendor of what once was. They even blessed it in a way of their own faith, a faith that did not serve the great works which had once abound within its prior mystical dealings. Though their talent was admirable, even so far as to offer the world the tradition of literature and fairy tales and stories at its gates, the tradition and significance of what once was no longer resides in the space. For my vision and slumber and my efforts in my desert, out in the deserts of the West, I have returned to my great city and upon this house, my house, I saw what had been done. It had been relegated to nothing more of a dwelling of works by ill-prepared artisans, skilled craftsmen who took no pleasure in sustaining what had been entrusted to them by the sanctified who dwelled before. I returned to set right what had been diminished over time. As I returned the adornments upon the windows, I feared a storm was approaching. Would I be able to restore its glory in time? Would my house survive the next incarnation and in trial of judges in a place where chaos and war in, their, in the inner mind now reflected the outer wars of the faithful and faithless? We shall see what my return brings as the restoration of my great house has begun. Hmm. And he wrote that in 2021. Mm -hmm. And like two months ago, something said, I need to restore my house. Mm. I said, let me go back to that post that he made. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was reading that, there was one thing in there that I spoke about on my YouTube page. And um, I was watching a video, and I came to this this particular um, scripture. It's uh, Matthew chapter 7, uh, chap uh, verses 24 through 27. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on, 
if you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Mm-hmm. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are like a stupid carpenter mm-hmm. who built his house on a sandy beach. When the storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Mm. And so two words were used even in, in, in scripture and in what I just wrote to you was foundation. Mm-hmm. What is your mm-hmm. foundation built on? Mm-hmm. And so I did a YouTube video and I was talking about the foundation of what black people in this country, African Americans, have built mm-hmm. their foundation on. Mm-hmm. I said, um, it's like we went outside and took a crap and we paved it over and after a couple of years like okay we got a great foundation it's time to build a house hmm. when we built the house we didn't know why the flies were all over the place right right and then mm-hmm. we built walls full of crap mm-hmm. and we just kept we got 20 foot walls mm-hmm. but it's all crap and people keep busting through your walls mm-hmm. and disturbing your people and taking your children and buying mm-hmm. you off mm-hmm. and we kept building bigger walls of crap and saying, mm. you don't, you can't tear down our 40 foot walls right, of right. crap and it's mm-hmm. just your foundation was built on nothing but a lot. Mm. So what I gathered from both of these things was a foundation is going to be set anew. Hmm. I think this is the dream that I had in 2019 that woke me up and said people are going to be jumping off buildings when they find out mm-hmm. that they've been lied to or they've been Led astray, mm-hmm. and um, I don't, I don't know. It's just been heavy on my mind. These, mm-hmm. these two things, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. What did you gather from what I was reading? Well, I think that um, foundation, the word foundation alone, um, is a lot because we tend to like to build stuff, but we don't necessarily like building the stuff that folks can't see. We spend more time and money and effort and learning on the stuff that we can show to people. But the stuff where the foundation is, is somewhere where you can't see it. There's another scripture that says the things that that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And I think that if we are going to be building on a foundation, if it's going to be something new, we're going to have to figure out exactly what type of materials we need to do that because it's not what we've been using. Absolutely. I think it was built off of, oh, we have a new billionaire now. Black people mm-hmm. have a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. What is your moral code? Right, right. At the bottom, <laughs> as is at the top, mm-hmm. what is your moral code? What did it take for this billionaire to get there? Mm-hmm. And what is he teaching this person down on the bottom mm-hmm. that, doesn't, that might not have a moral code? Does the house... Right. God's heart, Jesus' body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it built on? What is the moral code? And I like what you said about, uh, well, basically, if it's a foundation, that means that it's firm enough to hold whatever you put on it. Absolutely. So when you say a moral code, it should be seen in your personal time, it should be seen in how you deal with your family, it should be seen how you deal with neighbors, how you deal in your job, it should be able to hit every aspect of anything you build. That foundation has to be able to hold it. And like where we're at today, where I see 
men just looking at women for sex. Mm-hmm. Women have their babies out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody feels any shame in it. Everybody, why are you, mm-hmm. you can't judge me? Mm-hmm. Everything is you can't judge me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where's the moral code? Right. Like, right. Where do we start at? Like, mm-hmm. when are we gonna respect one another enough to love one another? Past, like, let's just say, if, if I can get over you, I'll, I'll do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you have a moral code, if you can easily screw over somebody that does not know, and you have a moral code, then you won't do you it. You won't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel we need to start because I feel uh, we're in the self part of the, mm-hmm. the, the, the journey of the last days when people right. are of themselves. And whatever moral code or lack thereof that we have is what we're passing on to our kids because they are definitely learning from us. Absolutely. <laughs> they are Absolutely. definitely learning. And it's not what you like on the outside. Mm-hmm. They're also going to love what you love on the inside. Mm-hmm. So if you're a father that's always cheated on your wife mm-hmm. and nobody ever saw it, mm-hmm. those children are still going to walk in your mm-hmm. shadow right. as well as the person that you are outside. So they might mm-hmm. be Doing what you're doing on the outside, which looks good to everybody else, mm-hmm. with their moral code in the shadow, is still mm-hmm. trash. Their mm-hmm. foundation is still bad. They can mm-hmm. still be exposed. Mm-hmm. So I think this mm-hmm. is kind of the time that we're in where I don't even know what a moral code's at. I, mm-hmm. When I'm talking to people, I'm like, okay, it doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. but I'll go with it. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk to you on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to judge you on it. Right, but right. You can't think that that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't think that how you're doing this person or this mm-hmm. person that you pledged your life to mm-hmm. under God and church and all of this is a good idea. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading about a pastor in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his name. But he got caught because he filmed a video mm-hmm. with his gay love. Mm-hmm. And he has come back to the congregation and uh, basically apologize to his family, apologize to his children, his grandchildren, mm-hmm. apologize to all these people's congregation. Right. I was like, out of all of that, I said, why? If you had these urges, mm-hmm. which are filming, that's arrogance. That's building wrong. <laughs> because you think somehow or another that meant something. You want to see it again. Right. It did not need to be on your house at all. You think it's a reference. Like, okay, mm-hmm. when I'm not feeling good, if I can't be around this person, mm-hmm. I can go see what Right, I right, eat. right. And I was just like, okay, now, if that is your inward character, mm-hmm. what is your congregation doing mm-hmm. in secret? Right, right. And I uh, talk to people about pornography. Like, when mm-hmm. I came up pornography, I was like, I, it was just something in me that said, mm-hmm. what if all of these girls that are doing pornography were molested? Mm. Wow. What if they were molested and they just mm-hmm. don't know why they're doing what they're doing? Right, right. Um, and the Bible discusses, um, I'm not sure what the chapter was, but it talks about the sacred whore. Mm-hmm. And it said mm-hmm. we shouldn't abuse the sacred whore. Mm-hmm. It's because she doesn't know why she's doing what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's just acting off mm-hmm. of what happened to her and how people have treated her. What feels or seems right to her. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we should still treat her fair Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. though we could take advantage of her. Right, right. And so Mm -hmm. 
back to the moral code, what is your code? Like, what is your foundation? What if we, mm-hmm. what if we built our so-called riches on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Inner riches, not outward riches, what people can see. What are our, what are our mm-hmm. inner value? Because what we're saying today is a lot of people are depressed, a lot of mm-hmm. people are homeless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even though they're going to church, they're still not fed. Mm-hmm. They're still mm-hmm. thirsty for something. Right, because right. Because they're excelling in the church, mm-hmm. but when they go home, mm-hmm. it doesn't apply. Wow. So I think both of these scriptures I wrote to talk, the scripture and the, mm-hmm. the dream, mm-hmm. I think it kind of met at the same time where mm-hmm. I needed to understand what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. And how this world's about to be shaken up and what we're going to have to do when this world is shaken up. So how do people who have never thought in terms of having a moral code or a foundation in their family or in their lives, how do you start doing that? Because if you are married and they hear you say that's what you want to do, but they don't want to do it, we have conflict now. Most people won't try to do something different because they think they're going to mess up or they're going to lose folks. Or you trying to do that little religious stuff with me. And I mean, that whole mindset comes. So how do we actually do that? I tell people to trust in God. And I know Mm -hmm. that's real, (laughs) baby. But when you trust in God, you're Mm -hmm. trusting something outside of yourself that you cannot see. Mm -hmm. People might talk about it. You might not even Mm -hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. But for me, in my personal journey, when I was out with my, all of my addictions, mm-hmm. I said to myself, I'm empty. Mm-hmm. I'm empty. I'm a mm-hmm. mess. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in my mess, uh, God came and found me. Mm-hmm. But you have to first admit to yourself that you are a mess. Right. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I need some guidance on this. Mm-hmm. I need to let go of this. Mm-hmm. This anger mm-hmm. in my heart, I need to let it go. Right. Something right. about life ain't right. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be fixed. I don't know why my finances are coming together. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I don't have any financial responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with you. Mm-hmm. Um, God, uh, I was uh, reading uh, where it said uh, after they ate of the tree, they hid from God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't want to find God, he can't find you. Mm-hmm. If you hide behind mm-hmm. the tree, he can't <laughs> find you. He ain't playing hide and seek with you. Yeah, you're trying to play hide and seek with you. You gotta mm-hmm. seek me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so if you try to seek your own knowledge, you try to mm-hmm. lean on your own understanding and it's not working for you, open up to yourself and say, Hey, I got a problem here. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna get an answer. Mm-hmm. Either it's gonna come directly through the source mm-hmm. or it's gonna come through one of his servants. Right, right. Um, people were coming to me and I was just like, Well, did you know? That I was speaking this in private. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who told you to come talk? <laughs> but God gives, I uh, give, uh, He gives people divine inspiration to come mm-hmm. speak to you on mm-hmm. behalf of His business. Right, right. But you mm-hmm. have to admit first mm-hmm. that oh, okay, I was lost. Or you won't accept what you hear because exactly. you think folks just messing with you. But if you start with the question and an answer comes, you can't sit there and now try to pretend you didn't ask. Absolutely. <laughs> and some people don't want to hear that truth when mm-hmm. it comes. Mm-hmm. But the truth that you get when it comes is a conviction. Mm-hmm. A right. conviction forces right. you to change. Right. It may not be the fluffy feeling that you think it's going to be. And I think everybody's so used to the fluffy feeling mm-hmm. that the hard truth, the punch in the face, mm-hmm. 
doesn't really work too well. So my child, she got suspended from school. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was on a group text message, and her and her friends were telling jokes about one another. Like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we're going to bust a joke back and forth. Mm-hmm. One girl, she said some uh, funny joke mm-hmm. that everyone else thought was funny that she didn't think was funny. Mm-hmm. So she got mad at my daughter and blocked her. Mm-hmm. Still mad, she came to school and slapped her in the face. Mm. I said, huh? So she slapped you in the face. Mm. And so I had her read uh, James chapter 3 <laughs> about the tongue. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, I was like, um, we're all funny in this house. Mm-hmm. No doubt about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But everybody ain't going to be able to handle Right what you got to say, but a tongue can mm-hmm. set anything on fire. Right. I said, she said, oh, well, this joke, this is what she got mad about. Mm-hmm. And then after we read through the messages, I said, no, that was just, that was just a uh, lighter fluid. Right, right. This was the fire. Right. And she said, ah. Mm-hmm. And that's a better way with children. Instead of getting so angry about what happened, a little bit of investigation, a little bit of talking, because what it'll do, it'll give the child a better foundation. Everybody, this is what I learned when you counsel couples separately. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to look like the good guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you really came and said, look, she does this, mm-hmm. and I know I do this, mm-hmm. and you know, this might be happening as a result of this, then mm-hmm. I can help you with the problem. Right, right. But if you mm-hmm. come in and like, she did this, she mm-hmm. did this, I mm-hmm. have nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. I can't go through that. There is no conviction. Like, right, right. I'm just going to be talking to you and you're going to say, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. This makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go apply this information to something that's not going to help the problem. Mm-hmm. Because the underlying problem is still there. Right. And this is mm-hmm. why I like to have people together because they're not going to say mm-hmm. what they really mm-hmm. feel with the other person around them. Mm-hmm. They did say mm-hmm. what they really felt. They could probably save their marriage. Right. A lot of people are not in the business of saving marriage. Right. You can't counsel a lie. I tell people, unless you're going to be truthful, that everything I tell you based on your lie won't work. You might get some little bit of something here, but if it's a lie, I can't help you with a lie. We can't grow from a lie. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get um, the counsel that you need mm-hmm. based on a lie. Exactly. It's not going to work mm-hmm. um, because you're only listening to one part of the story. Mm-hmm. So That's right. In one part of the story, I can give one part of the advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But depending on what the other part was that you eliminated, it may be counteract. It may not even work. Exactly. Depending. So you got to tell the whole truth. We don't need no half truths and stuff. When I was writing my book, <laughs> when I was writing my book, I said, man, this stuff that I'm putting in is pretty harsh. I don't know how it's going to go over. Mm-hmm. But it was one couple, and they both read the book. Mm-hmm. And one guy was not changing. He was just using stuff that I was, I was putting in the book against his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She was like, he was quoting right from the book, but he was not changing. <laughs> and I was like, this is not my purpose. Though. Exactly. Right. My purpose was a conviction. Right. Mm-hmm. No purpose was to win an argument. Mm-hmm. I don't care about winning an argument. Right, you can right. Win all the battles and lose the war. Exactly. And so this is mm-hmm. what we have today, um, a crappy foundation mm-hmm. that we have built a hundred feet high. Wow. 
and it's about to be shaken up. Hmm. And I don't know what's about to happen to this world. I don't know, but I know everything about is about to bow. Mm-hmm. Everybody's about to understand God, and I'm mm-hmm. very, very down with it. Mm.